Welcome, everyone, to another week and to another episode of Conference Reruns. I, I, I hope that things are going well with each of you in, in your lives. I'm certain that each person listening uh, is, is going through something, and I hope that whatever it is that you're dealing with, that you can find comfort in the atonement of Jesus Christ. Uh, last week, I spoke about the strengthening and enabling power of the atonement, And I, for one, am so grateful to know that whatever we are dealing with in life, we can access Christ's power to lift us and carry us through our trials. Uh, This week, I want to speak about forgiveness and repentance. President Nelson and many others have tried in recent years to change the way that we think about repentance. They want us to view repentance as a positive, something that we should embrace and seek after, instead of a a negative, something that we should fear and something that, that, that we hopefully never have to deal with. Uh, I think far too many of us have viewed repentance through a negative lens uh, as as something for the wicked. And yes, you know, the wicked need to repent, but but so do the righteous. So do each of us, regardless of where of, of where we stand on our journey. Today, I'm going to discuss Elder Dale G. Renlin's talk from April 2015, Latter-day Saints Keep Trying. Uh, this address was given six months before he would be called as an apostle. Uh Elder Renlin begins the talk by speaking about Nelson Mandela, who, after being imprisoned in South Africa for 27 years, would go on to become the president of the country after the the fall of the apartheid. Uh, Mandela, who would receive a lot of praise for his ability to miraculously forgive those who imprisoned him, Uh, but when he was receiving this praise, he would frequently respond by saying, I'm no saint, that is... Unless you think a saint is a sinner who keeps trying. In church culture today, we focus way too much on perfection, often to the point of causing ourselves stress or feeling disappointed when we fall short. Elder Renlin, uh, he says this. Our theology does teach us, though, that we may be perfected by repeatedly and iteratively relying wholly upon the doctrine of Christ, exercising faith in him, repenting, partaking of the sacrament to renew the covenants and blessings of baptism, and receiving the Holy Ghost as a constant companion to a greater degree. As we do so, we become more like Christ and are able to endure to the end with all that that entails. In less formal terms, God cares a lot more about who we are and about who we're becoming than about who we once were. I absolutely love that last line. Uh, God is, he's not focused on where we came from, but where we're going. One of the things that Elder Holland has said many times is that the thing that God enjoys most about being God is the thrill of being merciful, especially to those who don't expect it and often feel they don't deserve it. Um, we, we learn in the temple that God did not decide to send a savior to the earth because Adam and Eve screwed up his initial plan. He didn't create this perfect world, put people on it, and then thanks to them, you know, he had to come up with a backup plan. Uh, but a savior was the plan from the beginning. Uh, if sending a savior was and is the most important aspect of God's plan, of course he loves when people take advantage of that plan. It's like giving our kids a gift on Christmas morning only to find them playing with the box that afternoon, which, oh, that's so frustrating. <laughs> um, we want them to enjoy the gift that we give them, and, and so does God. 
He's not angry that we need to repent. He wants us to repent and wants us to take full advantage of that gift. Uh, and But not only is Jesus Christ a gift from our Father, but God willingly sacrificed his only perfect son for each of us. When, when we give a gift that requires sacrifice on our part, we all desire and want others to use that gift. And would be would, we would be heartbroken to see that gift being ignored in favor of, of something else. Uh, Elder Renlin, he adds this. President Thomas S. Monson has taught, one of God's greatest gifts to us is the joy of trying again, for no failure ever need be final. Even if we've been a conscious, deliberate sinner or have repeatedly faced failure and disappointment, the moment we decide to try again, the Atonement of Christ can help us. And we need to remember that it's not the Holy Ghost who tells us we're so far gone that we might as well give up. Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost, as one unified Godhead, all want us to repent. They are asking and pleading with us to take advantage of the gift uh, that has been given to us. If we feel guilty for something that we have done, that is the Holy Ghost telling us that we should repent. It is Satan who takes that feeling of guilt and then tells us that we are not worthy to pray and, and that we have made too many mistakes. Both the Holy Ghost and Satan use that same feeling of guilt to do two opposite things. One tries to bring us back closer to God, while the other wants to push us further away. Of course, sin is bad, you know, <laughs> but, but, but it's expected. God has not and, and does not expect perfection from any of us. So why do we expect perfection from ourselves? Uh, Elder Renlin he, he, he then talks about how God, because God is patient with us um, as we strive to be better and as we keep trying, God also expects and asks each of us to be patient with others as they try too. Um, Elder Renlin, he shares this insight uh, followed by a, a really great story. As God encourages us to keep on trying, he expects us to also allow others the space to do the same at their own pace. The Atonement will come into our lives in even greater measure. We'll then recognize that regardless of perceived differences, all of us are in need of the same infinite Atonement. Some years ago, a wonderful young man named Curtis was called to serve a mission. He was the kind of missionary every mission president prays for. He was focused and worked hard. At one point, he was assigned a missionary companion who was immature, socially awkward, and not particularly enthusiastic about getting the work done. One day, while riding their bicycles, Curtis looked back and saw that his companion had inexplicably gotten off his bike and was walking. Silently, Curtis expressed his frustration to God. What a chore it was to be saddled with a companion he had to drag around in order to accomplish anything. Moments later, Curtis had a profound impression, as if God were saying to him, You know, Curtis, compared to me, the two of you aren't all that different.
Curtis learned that he needed to be patient with an imperfect companion who nonetheless was trying in his own way. I, I get it. It can be frustrating when others fail to meet the expectations that we have from them. This is probably the truest when it comes to our children. We have expectations from, for them, which isn't a bad thing. God also has expectations for each of us. But we often get so frustrated at them when they fall short. Maybe I'm just talking about myself right now. <laughs> but the number of times that I have said to my kids, you know, something along the lines of, What were you thinking? What the heck was going through your head? Well, let's just say, like, <laughs> I don't really want to count the number of times that I've spoken to them like that. But I am so grateful that my Father in Heaven doesn't speak to me that way. Um, Jesus never spoke to anyone during his ministry in that way. Uh, and each of us should strive to be more patient with others, our family and, and those in our ward and, and everyone that we encounter. Um, we need to be more patient with them as they try to figure out their journey in life. Um, the day after Elder Kieran, uh, the newest apostle, the day after he was called as an apostle last, last month, uh, he spoke at BYU-Hawaii's commencement. Uh, his talk was incredible, and, and even though he was speaking to college graduates, uh, his words were what I needed at that time. As he began his address, he talked about the, the daunting task of, of being called as an apostle, and he, and he said this. To be an apostle is, amongst other things, to be a special witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm keenly aware that I will need to grow in every conceivable good way to become the servant the Savior needs me to be. My inadequacies, weaknesses, and lack are painfully clear to me. But I have faith in the patience of my Father the grace of Jesus Christ, and the tutoring of the Holy Ghost. I, I, I love so much how he said, I have faith in the patience of my Father. What a statement. Uh, and we too can have faith that God is patient with each of us. We must also remember that for those of us who, who have been to the temple, we have covenanted to repent. God wants and needs us to repent. And he is perfectly patient God that allows us the space and time necessary to do so. He wants us to return to him today. But he's also happy if, if that journey back to him is, is sometimes two steps forward and one step back. Um, as Elder Renland stated, he cares that we keep trying. So to, to finish today, I want to share a quote from President Benson that I have loved since the first time I read it. Uh, I, I think it summarizes what, I, what I've been trying to say today and what Elder Renlin um, was, is trying to convey in this talk. Elder Benson says, We must be careful as we seek to become more and more Christ-like that we do not become discouraged and lose hope. Becoming Christ-like is a lifetime pursuit and very often involves growth and change that is slow, almost imperceptible. The scriptures record remarkable accounts of men whose lives changed dramatically in an instant, as it were. Alma the Younger, Paul on the road to Damascus, Enos praying far into the night, King Lamoni. Such astonishing examples of the power to change, even those steeped in sin, give confidence that the atonement can reach even those deepest in despair. But we must be cautious as we discuss these remarkable examples. Though they're real and powerful, they are the exception more than the rule. For every Paul, for every Enos, for every King Lamoni, 
there are hundreds and thousands of people who find the process of repentance much more subtle and much more imperceptible. Day by day, they move closer to the Lord, little realizing that they are building a godlike life. They live quiet lives of goodness, service, and commitment. We must not lose hope. The Lord is pleased with every effort, even the tiny, daily ones, in which we strive to be more like him. So, to each of you who's listening, don't lose hope because you have fallen short. Have faith in the patience of your Father. Believe that the atonement of Jesus Christ can heal you and follow the promptings of the Holy Ghost who will lead you back to God through repentance. And don't get frustrated with others who, who like each of us, is trying to figure out this whole thing. They need our help and not our criticism. May God bless each of you this week uh, as, as we each strive to, to turn more fully towards him. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful week. <laughs>